Hello, I'm really glad you joined us online right now. The Bible is an instruction manual. If we live by it, we do well. It turns out that when we read the instructions in the Bible, it shows us that attitudes are crucial in our lives. It tells us that the attitude with which you approach life determines, to a great extent, the level of success or failure you experience in life. Webster's defines attitude as a mental position about a fact or state, a feeling or emotion toward a fact or state. An advantageous position is in sports will determine the success or failure of a play. You must get in position to make a block. It means moving your feet to get in that position. This is how it is in life as well. You must shift your attitude to get in the right place mentally. So this happens situation by situation. It's the same in life. Your mental position, in other words, your attitude determines to a great extent the amount of success you enjoy in life. Our attitude determines as well how much you really enjoy life. Charles Swindell says, We have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. Life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we react to it. Our attitude is everything. Attitude may not be everything, but it is crucial. It, it's There are other factors involved in our success, but our attitude does impact us tremendously. Our heart attitude is a mental, emotional preset with which we approach life. There are specific attitudes associated with success in the Bible. Faith, which has two sides like a coin. Fear of the Lord is the head side of the coin. And trust in the Lord is the tail side of the coin. We're, we're going to look at fear of the Lord today and trust in the Lord next week. Other attitudes that God blesses are humility, teachability, and patience. Patient endurance. We will look at these attitudes in weeks three, four, and five. The Lord is looking for something. Psalm 33, 13, and 15, through 15, and 18 and 19 say, The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks down out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashions the hearts of them and observes all their deeds. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, whose hope 
is in his steadfast love that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. The Lord is looking for those who fear him. The eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. There's a promise uh, to those who fear God that they he will deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Famine is a real danger in agricultural society and Israel was an ad- agricultural society at this time. Here, here's the truth. God focuses on our hearts, not our appearance. People t- put too much focus on in appearance. In fact, man looks too much on the outside. First Samuel 16, 7 but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider. He's, he's selecting the next king of Israel. Saul was the king, and he's, he's taking him out of the, the kingship. And he says, do not consider his appearance or height, for I have rejected him, Saul. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Saul was strapping. David was scrawny. God rejected Saul, but chose David. And he would be, David, God gave David a promise that he would be the line from which the Messiah, the anointed one, would come from. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart, our attitude, the way we approach life. Here's what the Lord focuses on. He focuses on our attitude. Ephesians 4:22 and 23 says you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds god is concerned about the attitude your mental position with which you approach life. God wants you to be made new in the attitude of your mind. God will help you renew your mind if you refuse to conform to the world. God commands us to be transformed by the renewal of our mind in Romans 12.2. When your mind is being renewed, you discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. First, the first attitude with which we need to approach is reverential awe. It's the number one attitude to choose. It's the first uh, attitude 
Reverential awe is the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 9.10 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. It's the breakthrough point into the realm of wisdom. Reverential awe, which is fear of the Lord, is the beginning of wisdom. It's like you're going through a tunnel and you see the light at the end of the tunnel. That's like the breakthrough point into the realm of wisdom. Here's a definition of the fear of the Lord. A deep respect for God that causes us to live within the boundaries he has set for living. One one night when I was in high school, I went egging cars with some friends. In my defense, I, I didn't know how much eggs would damage the paint on a car. The first egg I threw was at a moving car. My friends threw them at parked cars, um, and, and it happened to land on the car of a 20-something-year-old guy. And he started chasing us. And we didn't have enough gas to get on the freeway. And so we pulled into a friend's driveway, and pretty soon the police drove up. He took each of us home. And I I had to admit that I I threw the egg. The other guys didn't throw that particular egg. And the look on my face was uh, on my mom's face was disappointment. I never wanted to see that look again. When you fear God, you you don't want to disappoint him. You you never want to see the look of disappointment on his face. You want to please him. The fear of the Lord's relationship to faith is, do I believe God enough to stay within his boundaries? That's, that's the major question related to faith and fearing God. You have no real reason to have boundaries if you don't believe in God. God, God's boundaries are the guardrails of real success in life. Imagine going to a hockey game. There are no referees or rules. That game would be havoc. It would be mayhem. Here are some of the key characteristics of the fear of the Lord. First, undivided loyalty. Psalm 86.11 Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear his name. Divided loyalty is destructive. If you sort of want to follow God, you are susceptible to veer off 
in destructive patterns. Our hearts are mixed. We, we never have totally pure motives. We never have totally undivided loyalty. But the Lord wants to move us toward them, and he uses the trouble in our lives to do that. Like gold that is refined through fire. God wants to use the heat of the pressure in our lives to refine our motives and draw us back to undivided loyalty. We must cooperate with God while under the heat of the pressure. And if we do, our loyalties will be less divided. They're never totally undivided. A second characteristic of the fear of the Lord is following God's word and living his ways. The Bible shows us that everyone is walking along a path, either a straight path or a crooked path. The path seems crooked at times. it's, It's not the straightest path. Here's a picture of a straight and a crooked path. But looking back, it turns out to be the only legitimate way to get where you need to be. It's a battle to follow God's ways in life. It is a battle of words and ideas. And if we choose, if we don't choose To live God's way, we travel down the deadly path of folly. We tend to veer off the path of God's way onto a crooked path. But he makes the way straight for us. He leads us through the the trouble. And God will help us, but we must make the choice. Psalm 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have good understanding. All those who fear the Lord as a way of life have good understanding. If we fear God, we have we know the path to take. And it will turn out to be the best path, the straightest path to get there. If you follow the Lord, you will experience this promise in Isaiah 43 and 4. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys. And the level, and level the mountains and hills, straighten the curves, and smooth out the rough places. This is what John the Baptist cried out when he saw Jesus. And this is what Jesus did. He made straight highway to God. Straighten the curves. And smooth out the rough places. As you follow God, he straightens the curves 
and smooths out the rough places by leading you through them. If you follow God, he will, you will be given direction through the curves, and his way is the straightest path to get where you need to be. Final characteristic of the fear of the Lord is an aversion to evil. Psalm 36.1, transgression speaks to the wicked deep in his heart. There is no fear of God before his eyes. Those who fear the Lord choose the opposite of the wicked. They have no, who, who have no aversion to evil. Sin whispers deep in the heart of the wicked, but not to those who long to please God and fear him. Here are opposites of fearing God. There are many opposites of fearing God, but here are three of them. Proverbs 8.13 The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil, pride and arrogance, and the way of evil, and perverted speech I hate. Those who fear God hate evil. They are not proud and arrogant. God hates pride, arrogance, and evil deeds. Those who fear God love what he loves. Next, he hates perverted speech. Perverted speech is what is morally crooked based on a standard. God hates speech that doesn't meet his standards and twist things around, is deceptive, it's perverted. Those who fear God hate what he hates, evil deeds, arrogance. and perverted speech. Fear of the Lord works with the principles that he has built into the fabric of life. They are unbreakable principles that God has built into the way life works, and they work like somewhat like the law of gravity. You you need to Pay attention to the law of gravity, or you'll kill yourself. If you choose these attitudes that the Bible associates with success, you make the right kind of progress in life. Joshua 1, eight says, This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. For then you will make your way prosperous. Prosperous in this verse means to advance, to push forward, to make progress. When you are careful to do what is written in 
the Word of God, the Bible, you prosper. You make the right kind of progress in life. Life works like dominoes. First, you need to have the right definition of success. God's definition of success is the first domino, and it's being faithful to God and the people in your life, which is anyone who crosses your path. Jesus said that you love your neighbor as yourself. Your neighbor is the person right in front of you. The next domino is the path. You need to stay on the path in order to be prosperous in life. The right path seems like it's a leading leading away from prosperousness at times. And the right way seems the long way around at times. It's the straightest path to success and prosperous, even if it doesn't feel like it. If you ask God, he will show you the path to take. Proverbs 8, 21 Uh, 20 and 21 says that wisdom walks in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice. Righteousness and justice are the guardrails that we must stay between in order to uh, get wisdom. And righteousness is being right before God. Justice is being right before man, doing right by man. The next domino is attitude. We're talking about these in this series. The fear of the Lord, trust in the Lord, humility, teachability, and patient endurance. If you choose these attitudes, you will do well as you go through life. Next, you need to relate to authority in your life rightly. Authority your boss, maybe your pastor. All of us are under some kind of authority, and we need to relate rightly to that authority. Then you need to handle your relationships in life well. Relationships with family, co-workers, boss, friends, and all the relationships in your life. For me, this involves a lot of getting relationships right. Straightening out the messes I've made. The next domino is decision-making. You need to make wise decisions. Making wise decisions is involves asking God for wisdom. You pray through the decision from start to finish. You get counsel. You do clear thinking. But non-moral decisions are always a judgment call. And you will prosper if you handle your words rightly. That's the next domino. One comment can make a mess of your life. The next domino is work patterns. You shouldn't be lazy or get into haste. The next domino is steward your money and possessions rightly in a way that pleases God. And finally... 
how you respond to calamity determines whether you compound or decrease your problems. I, I'd like to encourage you to stop and think that through how you want to apply this message. We, we encourage you to take next steps at the end of each message. One of the reasons is because Jesus said that's the way to get to know him better. When you obey, you step out and obey Jesus, you find out he comes through every time. So here are my suggestions for next steps. For the first time, I accept what Jesus did on the cross for me to forgive my sins, and I commit myself to follow him as Lord. This is how you express the fear of the Lord today, right now. And then another step would be, I will commit to do one of the following. Strive for an undivided loyalty to God. Follow God's word and live his ways and develop an aversion to evil or increase it. I, I, I think you probably already have an aversion to evil. Increase it if you already have an aversion to evil. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much that you have revealed through Scripture what we need to do to live the best life. Jesus, you said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I, I thank you so much for the ability you've given us to enjoy life. And I, I pray, God, that you would be honored as we step out and take these steps you've laid on our heart today. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.